This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet her maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a park Well, they are getting desperate, guys. It is crunch time till the elections. And take a listen to what Kamala Harris is saying, stumping for Governor Hochul, basically saying, you know what? Maybe you're not so patriotic if you're a Republican, essentially. Listen to this one. I do believe there are two definitions of what it means to be a patriot. One is the definition that suggests you'll defend your country, whatever it does. But then there is the other definition, which I believe describes all of us patriots which is the willingness born out of love of country to fight for the ideals and the attainment of the ideals of our nation. That is what is at stake. And so we will fight. And when we fight, we win. Thank you. Is there anybody that out there believes that the whole future of the world is basically at stake? that the world is going to fall off of a cliff. That's basically the final closing message, the closer, if you will, for the Democrats. Here it is. It's only a few days before election night. This is absolutely going to be a pivotal one, guys. And you know things are getting really bad in the polls for the Democrats because they're resorting to, like, dire desperation at every single turn. And I want to take your calls tonight on the Rita Cosby Show and hear what you think as we are heading into the final stretch of what is definitely a very, very important election. And I agree with him in the sense, I agree that there is democracy at stake, but in part it's because of democratic principles that have put us in a crisis position. They don't want to talk about the issues of crime. They don't want to talk about inflation. They don't want to talk about the border. They don't want to talk about any of these things. They just want to simply talk about if you vote for Republicans, basically, you're going to fall off a cliff and they will, too. Like the world is coming to an end. It's like one of those scenes of the movie, you know, where you see like the volcano is about to erupt and they're like, hurry up and run, run. You got an hour. You've got to get out or the whole city is going to be taken over by lava. That's basically the impression that they are giving about if Republicans take over. And that is just to me, it is a pathetic attempt. It is a desperate attempt. And it's also a sign that they see the same pool, you know, the poll numbers that we all see. You look at the numbers, guys, of late. These poll numbers are clearly showing that Republicans have momentum. You know, you don't know, of course, until election night, there's always surprises. There could still be a final November surprise, if you will, right around the corner. 
it's a long way till election day when it's more than even a few minutes. Anything can happen. But right now, they clearly are seeing the same polls that we're seeing. And we're seeing clearly that people are frustrated. They're fed up. They feel that the Democrats are disconnected. They feel that they're like going after the Republicans by name calling, by smearing. It's like the bully when you're in high school. And suddenly the bully who's like calling everybody names, usually that's the bully who's the most insecure. Usually that's the person who's the most immature. And usually that's the person who is the most desperate. You know, and and clearly they are worried. They see what we see, that their power and their plan to like put windmills up instead of any oil drilling is basically falling apart. That people are going, you know what, maybe it's not a good idea to have Europe in a cold winter. Maybe it's not a good idea to have to spend twice as much for gas. Maybe it's not a good idea to, when you go for groceries, that it's, you know, sometimes double, sometimes in, in some cases triple, depending what you're getting. Also, you go to, like, the restaurant. Things are just so over-the-top expensive these days. We all see it. We all feel it. And yet, all they can do is say, election deniers. Well, they are crime deniers. They're inflation deniers. They're open border deniers. The list goes on and on and on. And so they know they're in trouble. And you look at the history, too, covering elections for a long time. As I have, I was based in Washington for many years. It's been a long time since the party that is in power, the incumbent party, doesn't lose seats. The last time, by the way, was right after 9-11. The last time in 60 years, in the last 60 years, the only time that the sitting party that has actually gained seats was right after 9-11, and that was George W. Bush. Because after 9-11, the country was rallying together. Obviously, everybody was outraged by what happened to New York and to Pennsylvania and to the Pentagon, to the entire country by the attack of 9-11. And so everybody was galvanized and rallying behind President Bush at that time. And that's the only time in history in the last six decades that we have seen an incumbent president not lose seats. Obama took a bloodbath. He lost so many seats. 1994, huge loss also as well. There are different moments in history where there have been enormous swings, and this very well could be another one and bode extremely well for the Republicans. And the best the Democrats have is like, what crime? You know, it's like you're walking outside and it's raining and they go, uh, what cloud? What do you mean? I, I don't see a cloud over there. I don't see thunder. I don't see. It's like we see it with our own two eyes. It is so obvious what we're seeing right in front of us. And for me, It's an insult, I think, that they have now resorted to just name-calling and smearing and just maligning at every single turn. And to me, it just shows that they are desperate, that they know that they are going to lose, and the question is how much. And they will do anything to stay in power. And if there's anybody out there that says, oh, yeah, I'm so much better off now than I was two years ago, I'd love for you to, you know, call in because I don't know anybody like that. I know many Democrats who just feel like this president is completely disconnected. Look, you can even see it even on the campaign trail. They don't want him on the campaign trail. There are barely any Democrats that want this president on the campaign trail. They're pulling out former President Clinton. They're pulling out former President Obama, Kamala even. You know it's bad when they're like, oh, we'll take Kamala. We'll take Kamala because they'll take anybody but Joe Biden. Who was it this week that Lindsey Graham basically said the uh, it was a great line. He basically said, 
that Democrats, when they hear, hey, Joe Biden wants to come to your district and campaign, they're like, I got to jump out of a window because things are so bad. And you could clearly tell that they are nervous, they are worried, and they have no idea what is going to happen. And so right now they're like, oh, 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 we can't fix crime. They don't want to somehow fix this revolving door of recidivism and repeat offenders. They don't want to even admit that the border is open, that there's been 5.5 million that have come through in the last two years since Biden took office. They don't want to talk about that. And they also don't want to talk about any of the issues tied to fentanyl. It's like, what fentanyl? It's a leading cause of death for 18 to 45-year-olds. Are you kidding me? And they're not talking about it? You know if there was even one fentanyl death under President Trump, it would be like a headline every single day. And we are dealing with an enormous amount. They don't want to talk about it because then it goes back to the border. They don't want to check anything that would highlight what they have done and clearly what they have not done. And this president right now, his approval ratings are anywhere from 38 to 42 percent, depending on which polls. That is a really low number. And he and the rest of the party are going down like a sinking ship, it looks like, if you look at the polls. And, of course, you got to stay tuned to us on election night because we will have the best coverage anywhere. We're going to be starting at 8 o'clock on local stations in New York. And then, of course, I'll be joining you on this show also, as we always do, 10 to midnight, as the results are coming in. It is going to be an action-packed night. And we will have the best coverage anywhere. So you definitely got to tune in. And we'll be bringing you all the latest as it's coming in, as it's unfolding. And it is going to be uh, just a rock'em, sock'em night. And, boy, I can't wait to see where it goes. Meantime, in the middle of it all, there are smears and there's maligning. That's the best they got. They don't have a solution for crime. They don't have a solution for, you know, the economy, inflation, so many of these issues that we're all seeing. Instead, All they can basically say is Republicans are creating crime. Republicans are creating inflation. I mean, that to me, that is so condescending, like we're not smart enough to see what we see in front of our own eyes. And here is Hillary Clinton, of course, who pulled out at a rally. She came out to a rally for Kathy Hochul and listen to how she described the role of crime. In other words, it's all a figment of the GOP imagination. Now, why would any sensible person want to give power to somebody who thinks it's funny that a person gets assaulted in his own home? So, you know, they don't care about keeping you safe. They want to keep you scared so that you can't think straight and you end up voting against your interests. They want to keep you scared. In other words, Any of these reports about crime, which are over and over again, headlines every single day, whether it's New York Post or L.A. Times or all these other ones, they're all making it up. It's a figment of everybody's imagination. And because Hillary says it's not so, you're too stupid to figure that out. I mean, that to me is just outrageous. It's disgusting. It's worse than even the deplorables. And especially when it's coming to an issue about crime, as serious as crime that we're all feeling and we're all living with. It's it's just shameful. It is downright shameful. And it gets worse. Here is James Clyburn. By the way, this is the guy who contested the whole Bush versus Kerry presidential race. James Clyburn is basically solely responsible. If you if you like Biden, you can pat, you know, James Clyburn on the back. If you're disappointed with with Biden, this is the guy who got him elected. He's the South Carolina representative. 
who basically, when nobody wanted Joe Biden in the primaries, he said, I'm going to stand behind him. He defended him. And he's the one who turned the race around for Joe Biden and basically got him to win the primaries and now become president, as we know. So this is the same guy, James Clyburn, who wouldn't accept Bush's victory over Kerry years ago. Right. That whole remember that whole fight. He wouldn't accept it. He was like one of the original election deniers. Right. And now he is saying that all the Republicans are essentially election deniers. And if you vote for the GOP, it's basically like you're voting for Adolf Hitler. I I couldn't believe he pulled this out. Listen to this outlandish comment. This is what happens in a country that follows what happened in Germany uh, in the early 30s. And I'm, I, I said this in 2018, it caught a lot of hell from a lot of people for having said it, but I, it was true then and it's true now. This country is on track to repeat what happened in Germany when it was the greatest democracy going, elected a chancellor who then co-opted the media that this past president uh, calling the press the enemy of the people that is a bunch of crap, and we know it. Wow. That's pretty amazing. There's a lot to pack in there. First, the end was kind of a dramatic ending, and the music was kind of good, too. I liked that. It was kind of like building up this crescendo. But then to sit there and basically say that President Trump is Hitler and that essentially if you vote the GOP and you're opening the path to somebody like Hitler. I mean, to me, that is one of the most shameful attacks and it just shows that they are so downright desperate and i hate it whether it's republicans or democrats anybody saying that just just sit there and throw out hitler and nazi party that is so ungodly offensive 1-800-848-9222 1-800-848-9222 let's go to frank in maine line two frank your thoughts rita always a pleasure to speak to you whenever i get the chance and your opening line was absolutely correct. Desperation is the key. Uh, um, in the in the Portland in the Portland Herald News, now Portland, Oregon, Portland, Maine, uh, there was an op-ed piece about how the Republicans the Republicans are making the borders weak. <laughs> I got to send you this. You got to read this. It is so ridiculous, and it was written by a state senator from Maine. Um, I don't know the name of the man, of the individual. What's the headline, Frank? Real quick, what's the headline? Uh, The headline was, the headline was how how Republican policies changed the border, how Republican policies changed the border from secure to open. You mean how how Democrat or how Republican? How Republicans. Oh, that's interesting. Changed, changed the, changed the policies from from secure to open. And it goes on and on about how Republicans, not one word, not one word about Biden, not one word about Azar, uh, the, the woman who, the, you know. Uh, Kamala Harris, yep, yep, yep. Kamala, Kamala who, 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 who basically, who's basically running around New York State or wherever she is trying to figure out her, her words. She can't, even, she, can't even, she can't even string together a sentence. And yet she's running around not caring about the border. Boy, I hope I hope there's a landslide on Tuesday. Yeah, I by the way, a- the border issue, Frank, and you know this is something because I talk about it a lot on the show. I hate 
the fact that the border is so open. I am so concerned about that. It is such a dangerous uh, position for any country to be in, and especially right now with all the other things going on in the world. It's it's really a frightening issue. And the fact that they won't even acknowledge it. I mean, it's like you see the pictures every single day. It's like, you know, it looks like like a small city is coming across every day. They're waving to the cameras. You know, it's like the line keeps going. You know, it's like it could fill a couple stadiums and they don't say anything. You know, it's like like it's shocking. I I totally agree, Rita. And and one more point really quick. Um, You know, um, like I said about three weeks ago, that our governor up here in Maine was saying how the northern border should be as less secure than as the southern border. She <laughs> she needs to go. I, I, I urge all my people in Maine to vote her out as quickly as possible. Put Paula Page back in. Let him let 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 him start to secure and and make Maine a stronger state. Rita, have a good night. I hope New York New York gets Zeldin. Have a good night, Rita. Thank you, Frank, for the call. And we'll continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. About 20 veterans die of suicide each day. Veterans Services USA is committed to supporting a cure for post-traumatic stress. Help save the life of a veteran. Join VSUSA today for free and receive discounts from major retailers, major pharmacies, and much more. Make a difference for millions of veterans. I will definitely become a member, and you should too. VSUSA is a 501c3. Visit VSUSA.org. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Orchestra here on Friday night on the Rita Cosby Show. That's what I love about our Fridays. We get to like play some fun music, and boy, it's been a stressful time with all the elections and sadly all the crime and everything else we're dealing with, and all the name calling from the Democratic side, which is getting really ugly. With James Clyburn again equating basically any MAGA Republican, any Republican it seems, to uh, those who follow Hitler. Wow, that's a really nice compliment. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Rick. Line 8. Rick, your thoughts about it all. Good evening, lovely Rita. Um, the Democrats have been using the end of the world scare at least as far back as 1846. And I'm going to take you on a quick trip through history. Yeah, quick Washington one, please, Post, Rick. <laughs> please. Washington, Washington Post, November 2nd, 1922, report on global warming. The Brisbane Courier, January 10th, 1871, imaginary changes of climate. 
Maitland Mercury, March 11th, 1846, on the change of climate. The Janesville Daily Gazette, 1903, glaciers disappearing in Greenland. Rochester Democrat, December 17th, 1939, glaciers melting over Greenland. Same story over and over. The world is always coming to an end. Well, and Rick, what about also recently um, AOC? Remember, she said like two or three you know, years ago that uh, an X date, it was like 10 years from that date. The world is coming to an end. The climate change. And she was like, don't you understand? Like, like basically hurry up, run. You know, climate change is going to take over the world. It's going to come apart. Um, you know, and that was like it was like a, te- a 10 year estimate. I mean, that's crazy. You're right. There has been this repeat through history. And now they're kind of finding somebody who's willing to, you know, bite their message, if you will, and take a bite of it, but continue with it in the sense that you look at Biden. I don't even know if he realizes what he's doing. He's clearly somebody's guiding him, Rick. But he's like, sure. yeah, I love windmills. I love electric cars. I love all that. You know, I mean, what do you what do you make of the fact that he is clearly pushing their message at all costs. He won't talk about crime, but he'll talk about windmills, Rick. He's just a Soros puppet, and they have nothing to talk about that they've done because it's all been damaging. I mean, they don't even want to mention the Build Back Better or the Inflation Reduction Act because they, they weren't what they were said to be. I mean, $370 billion, a huge portion of that going to Chinese for windmills and solar panels that are nothing but environmental disaster and child slave labor. No, you, you know what? It's interesting, Rick, because you're right. All they're talking about is Trump, 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 mega MAGA. Um, they they know, I think, part of the reason they don't talk about the, quote, Inflation Reduction Act is it was a Inflation Creation Act. And also then it opens the door to inflation. It reminds everybody there's inflation. And they don't want to do that. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Arlington Heights, Illinois, where a police officer was presented with a commendation by the mayor there, Tom Hayes, at a board meeting for helping save the life of a seven-year-old boy after the boy choked on candy in the summer. Officer Treston Shoney got a hug and a fist bump from Colin Connolly, the boy whose life he helped save. It was August 2nd when Officer Shoney actually was at a com- hearing a commotion, rather, in a crowd near where he was standing during National Night Out in a park. And he discovered that Colin Connolly, that seven-year-old, was choking and unable to breathe. They said without hesitation, he performed the Heimlich maneuver and was able to dislodge the candy that was obstructing the boy's airway. The incident was captured on body-worn camera and also shared at the village board where the officer was publicly and officially lauded and, again, got a chance to meet the young man that he saved. Also, uh, little uh, Connolly's mother said, quote, I was panicking and my husband saw it all happening in slow motion. Luckily, it was national night out. And there were so many first responders around. And I just remember yelling out, we need help, we need help, we need help. And suddenly that officer came and saved my son. What a beautiful story and a great example of how amazing our men and women in blue are and the great work that they do for us every single day. Well, you could tell 
Democrats are panicking, guys. There is no doubt. Even in the bluest of blue states, New York, party bigwigs definitely seem to be in panic mode. Uh, they are flooding the two-to-one Democratic enrollment empire state with lots of big names like Bill Clinton, also Kamala Harris. A lot of them are joining Governor Kathy Hochul because she's been losing ground in the governor's race. And you can see it big time in every shape or form. And you could also see that Hillary Clinton is out there trying to galvanize the crowd. Uh, but I don't know how she's going to do. This is interesting. Republican Party Chair Nick Langworthy is calling it, quote, New York Democrats are smashing the glass and pulling the fire alarm. They are clearly in a desperation mode because they're suddenly looking at the polls and suddenly seeing they're in big trouble. And here is Hillary Clinton at that rally for Kathy Hochul. This happened yesterday. And again, no solutions to crime, inflation, anything else. All they could do is smear the Republican Party and basically say that they want to take over your lives. Take a listen. I think it's fair to say that if you paid attention to this campaign, uh, the Republicans make no secret about what they want to do. They actually say the quiet part out loud. And Lee Zeldin, Kathy's opponent, along with... Good response. (laughs) Along with Donald Trump and their allies, are literally... are literally fighting tooth and nail to turn back the clock. Think about it. Yes, of course they want to turn back the clock on abortion. They spent 50 years trying to make that happen, but they want to turn back the clock on women's rights in general, on civil rights, on voting rights, on gay rights. They are determined to exercise control over who we are, how we feel and believe and act in ways that I thought we had long left behind. First off, Lee Zeldin said he would just stick whatever New York state law is. He wouldn't change the law. He basically said everything just goes back to the state and whatever it is in New York, it's going to stay in terms of abortion rights. So this is like throwing anything out. And then she actually took this leap where she basically said Republicans don't know how to fix crime, that they don't know what they're talking about, as if Hillary Clinton And Kathy Hochul are the experts on crime. Take a listen. I have to also just reflect that I've seen, I'm sure you have, If well, maybe you don't watch television, but if you did, you would see what I see, which are ads about crime every 30 seconds, right? No solutions, but just a lot of really fearful, scary pictures and scary music. And, of course, I want everybody to be safe. Honestly, who's against that? But then a terrible crime happens in San Francisco. An intruder hits an 82-year-old man in the head with a hammer who happens to be married to the Speaker of the House, and the Republicans joke about it. First off, basically anybody with credibility came out and condemned the attack. And guess what? When Rand Paul was beaten up, remember, by his neighbor? Well, Nancy Pelosi's daughter was out there laughing about it, mocking, thought it was fun. A lot of people were saying, isn't that great? Rand Paul got beat up. I mean, it's crazy. 
The double standards are really disgusting. And if you want to really get into Paul Pelosi, I could sit and talk about that forever because Paul Pelosi, the attacker, this David DePap, was an illegal immigrant. He had felonies in his background from molestation and all these other allegations that were against him. And he had mental issues and he shouldn't have been staying in the country. So if you really want to start bringing up Paul Pelosi, which I feel terrible for him, thank goodness he's out of the hospital and I'm glad he's better because it's outrageous what happened to him. But if you really want to start pointing the finger at why this guy was even roaming around, he shouldn't have been out. He should have been deported, should have been behind bars or he should have been deported. I mean, to me, it's, it's just it's unbelievable. The hypocrisy is just ripe. And things are so bad that Sonny Hostin, she's one of the hosts there on The View, when she saw that there's a poll that now white suburban women are moving away from Democrats in the last, you know, election or so, they've been very much focused on the Democratic Party. But now they have moved away in recent polls in a big way, uh, 27 points, forward towards the Republican Party. So that's a big swing. In other words, they're worried about crime. They're worried about security. They're worried about finances. They're worried about things that, that everybody else is. They're not, you know, monolithic. And yet Sonny Hostin can't believe that any woman would ever vote for a Republican. And boy, did she make a disgusting analogy. Listen to this one. What's also surprising to me is the abortion issue. Um, I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid, right? It's, 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 like that's they're that's voting, no, it's insulting they're voting to the against, voter. We, they're we, voting no, against no. their own self-interest. Do they want to live in Gilead? Okay, do they so want to live in the hands Do we love tail? democracy or not? Because just saying that it's it's insulting to the voter. People make up decisions on what's right for their family and the idea that well, the you should have a say women, for everyone else's vote. The fact that women are voting against you their own You had a different view on abortion not that long. Long ago, and you were I have that. that view. But that issue is. Right. But, then why, but then why is another woman but not I am very able to have a view? That white Republican suburban women. But why have you so recently evolved on the healthcare. issue? I have not really recently revolved, uh, uh, um, evolved on the issue. I am Catholic. That is my faith. I believe that abortion is wrong for me. There's a separation between state, a government, and church. And I do not have the right to tell someone else. Funny, However, they are voting against their own self-interest. Like roaches voting for raid. That's a new one. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan uh, on line eight. Go ahead, Stan. I like that comment, and I use raid when I can, but that's a <laughs> but, but I don't, by the way, Stan, I don't think you'd vote for raid, though, would you? No, no, well, <laughs> okay. no. You know, we got bugs all over. We got bugs in the Republican Party that need to be weeded out of the wood, but that's enough. Anyway, James What about Clyburn, the Democratic Party? Come James on. Clyburn, you're absolutely right. No. A month ago, I said the Sam. same thing. Oh, yes, I did. You remember. I said the same thing. Their meetings that... Their uh, 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 situations that they had with people reminded me of Hitler and the meetings saluting their leader. Oh. Yes, Mr. Clyburn, you are right. Stand. The Republican Party is going a little bit far to the right. Stan, and I hope they, Stan. they think why. Go ahead. Hang on. I mean, this is, that's so it's so over the top. The comment that he said equating it to Hitler that we're like turning into Nazi Germany. That this is the beginning of that moment. 
that to me is, I think it's shameful. I really do. I, I hate, by the way, and I would say it if it's a Republican, anybody using the sort of analogy of a Hitler is such a distasteful analogy. And for someone to just kind of throw it out there, I find that really unseemly. And I just think it, it shows they're desperate, uh, they're worried, and it's beneath the dignity of a congressman. Go ahead, Stan. The dignity of a congressman. Rita, let's get real here, okay? This election has been talked about on crime, right? And and crime and inflation. Oh, but, but Stan, it doesn't I exist. Stan, I mean, if you listen to the Democrats, it doesn't know inf- what inflation, what crime. What, all right, let me ask. What do the Republicans want to do on crime? Nothing. There is no plan. They'd there like to nothing. get rid of it, for starters. Well, <laughs> what are they going to do? They say nothing, they do nothing. That's not and true, Stan. Inflation, they have no, what are they going to lower taxes like the British? You know where that's going. Nowhere. So they have no plan. It's basically go after the crime issue, go after inflation issue. Of course, they'll hide from abortion. But, you know, the election will be close. Democrats may keep the Senate, may lose the House. 51-49, I think that's the way it'll be all the way across. Very, very close. But you think, let me just ask you, do you think the Republicans will take the House? I hear what you're saying about the Senate, but what do you think about at the House? Democrats may hold the Senate or pick up one. But I think it's possible that the House may go. They may lose. They say it's going to be a big wave. You know, hey, there's waves in the ocean, but we'll see. I doubt it. Maybe they'll pick up three or four seats. That's, they only need two or three in the House. Let's be honest. Yeah, they don't need a lot. And and I think lot, right? I think the House is a given that they probably will get it. But you never know. I'm always no, one of those look, people. You never know. Senate, though, I think is is uh, it can go. It's seesaw either way. But I think the Democrats will hold. But uh, but if that, but Stan, if they get the house, if the Republicans get the house, you know, oh yes, they can. can Yes, they can, Stan. Stan, run the Senate. They can do. They can. They can at least do. They can. Well, they can at least do some hearings. Maybe we'll finally find out what happened with Hunter Biden and uh, what he was doing with all those tens of millions of dollars. That's a great question. Wouldn't you like to know, Stan? Or do you think it's you think uh, like that guy deserved uh, tons of money, right? I have no problem with you going after Hunter as long as we can go after Donnie Dummy. That's fine with me. Well, who's Donnie Dummy? <laughs> Trumpy Dummy, Donnie Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie Dummy. I've been saying it for months. You sound like a three year old. You know, Donnie Dummy. I'd like a Donnie Dummy doll. You know? <laughs> Stan. I don't agree with you, but I love you. Thank you very much, Have a Sam. Great weekend. You too, my friend. Let's go to BJ. BJ, give me a little sanity. Go ahead. Well, Stan would get along very well with Joseph Goebbels, but I'm going to let him in on a little secret he may not know because he well, can't. We're getting, really we're do... getting, we're getting, by the way, and for all Stan's foibles, I would not uh, equate him with that, but go ahead. The, the, the big lie, the big lie, if you spread a lie big enough, bold enough, and bad enough, people will believe it because the, the, no one would say things unless they're true, right? And that's what, that's what Goebbels uh, spread about. And that's what Stan, people like Stan spread about when they call uh, uh, Trump supporters Nazis and everything else. Oh, it's else. outrageous. I mean, you yeah. hear what I, I, when I, I find it so distasteful, BJ. I'm with you. I agree with you. The, you know, it, but to me, there's, you know, there's no logic with somebody. If they're going to take that leap, you just kind of go whatever and move on. He, this is a guy who was doing Donnie Dummy, remember? <laughs> so whatever. The secret. We've already won. It's a matter of how big we won. And you know how I know we won? Because we have all these screaming memes on TV using all these crazy hyperbolic 
uh, comparisons. They have no substance. And also, you know how I know Abe won? Because I speak to people. I observe people. I go to people who I don't think maybe would share my political point of view. But everyone I talk to, I live in a very multicultural neighborhood, are voting red. They can't take it anymore. Yeah, they're fed up. They're fed up. They're fed up. But you know what's interesting, BJ? This And you just talked about sort of the smearing and all that stuff. To me, it shows that they know they're in trouble because, you know, if you can't talk about the arguments and you can't find a way to like, you know, suddenly like change, change somebody's mind about how to fix inflation or do something on crime suddenly or any of these things, they've kind of like dug in so deep on so many of these problems and they're, they're not easy to fix the, with their policies. You know, they can't suddenly say, hey, we were wrong. You know, we're going to start locking up criminals. That would be refreshing. Or we were wrong. We're going to start closing the border. They're not going to admit that either. So there's nothing that they can sort of suddenly do. All they can do is resort to like like a distraction, like over here, over here. You know, we're going to use these, you know, outlandish, disgusting name callings like equating, you know, Republicans to Hitler or threat to democracy, all that stuff. And hopefully it like distracts from the real problems that really exist that we all see and feel. And to me, it's so I use the phrase condescending because it's so talking down to all of us, whether you're Republican or Democrat, independent, whatever. We all see it every single day. Anybody who goes to the grocery store sees the prices are up. Anybody goes to gas their car, they see the prices are up. We all feel it. And they want us to believe that it's just a mirage. You know, it's just, it's a, like, you know, we, we're, we're, we're taking a purple haze. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, you know, that can't be possible. And to me, I think it actually will get people even more angry and more fired up to go to the polls. What do you think, BJ? I think uh, you have to vote early and often. I think the Democrats will not fix what they broke because if they do, they will be voted out of office. I think that they talk down to your point. I think that they talk down to people uh, who oppose their views because they're so used to docile being uh, uh, worshipped and being uh, – uh, you know, uh, idolized by their own base that they expect and demand. You even look at the way this this governor talks to people. I don't know why that's important to anyone. This other one, Hillary the Crook, she turns around and starts talking to people. Oh, crime. Well, I live in a gated community. I have no crime where I live. I just have my private server. Oh, no, but there the was, email. by the way, BJ, there was one crime, and it was the break-in at the house of Nancy Pelosi. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll admit that that's the one crime that's happened in the yeah. last year. Don't worry about the threats to Kavanaugh. Don't worry about the Rubio guy who was, you know, the staffer who was beat up. Don't worry about Rand Paul beat up. Don't worry about the crime every no. single day, you know, where no. you are in Queens or, you know, there's been so many of these. Don't worry about any of those. But Paul Pelosi, and by the way, that is terrible, but you gotta like bring attention to everyone, not just Paul Pelosi. You know, they want us to believe that that's like the only attack that's ever happened. And and now you notice when they found out that he's an illegal immigrant with a criminal yep. record and a guy who's clearly mentally deranged and he never should have been there to begin with. And he's psychiatric all over the place. Right. I mean, you hear him talking about wanting to be Jesus and a fairyland and all these other kooky things that he's talking about. The guy's clearly a nut. And as soon as like all these things started coming out, they're like, oh, uh, let's not talk about it. Let's just kind of move on. <laughs> it's like suddenly they don't even want to talk about that because it goes right back to Gavin Newsom's soft on crime policies and soft on immigration policies. Yep. No MAGA hat for him. 
you know, uh, probably some uh, Gavin Newsom hair gel, maybe, or uh, some, uh, you know, uh, Eric Adams legal marijuana, but uh, no MAGA hat for him. Uh, once they found out that they couldn't hang this guy around Trump's neck, they're, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, uh, they, they laugh at when uh, people get hurt. This is ridiculous. We've already won. Vote early as best you can, because I, I, I really do think that something's going to happen. Uh, that uh, you're going to have a situation. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're I wrong. Really, but but everybody get out and vote and make your voice heard. Don't take anything for granted. BJ, thank you. You're awesome. It's great to talk with you. When we come back, everybody, Rito's Ringers are great calls of the week. About 20 veterans die of suicide each day. Veterans Services USA is committed to supporting a cure for post-traumatic stress. Help save the life of a veteran. Join VSUSA today for free and receive discounts from major retailers, major pharmacies, and much more. Make a difference for millions of veterans. I will definitely become a member, and you should too. VSUSA is a 501c3. Visit VSUSA.org. It's the Rita Cosby Show. I think this is my song to stand. You know, it's such a love affair that we always have every night when he calls in her Teddy, my other lover. You know, my goodness. Lover from another brother. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Anyway, Heavy D. A little bit of Heavy D is kind of fun on a Friday night. And we always love playing Rita's Ringers. These are some of our favorite calls of the week. I always love all of them. It's hard to pick, but here's a little bit. I miss your shows. I'm hurt. When I don't hear from you, I'm hurting too, Phil. Rita, always a pleasure, and every time I talk to you, I just feel good. If you were a betting girl, but you may be. Sid, I bet every day I put you on the show. This is Rita's Ringers. Hi, Rita. We love your show. We get so much information. This is horrifying news. The other day, this bumbling president, when he was talking about the oil companies, used the term, when you're at war. I don't know what he was talking about. Now I do. In my opinion, and I don't know much about it, but Ukraine is not a NATO country. And I think he's broken NATO protocol by putting troops into Ukraine. I'm I'm very afraid of this. And this is another reason why the Republicans must sweep both houses so that we can cripple this administration. Rita, hi. Listen, I've, I've spoken to you before, and I want to talk. I don't want to be cut off, okay? I like you a lot. you got to listen to me, okay? Would you please? Sure. Go ahead, Dave. You're on the air. I le- I'm listening okay. to you. Everybody's okay. listening to you. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. I was in the military in England for Sarajevo, for the former Yugoslavia, and they were shelling Sarajevo relentlessly, and we did a, a missile strike, a cruise missile strike, and that was the end of that. The Russians are losing this war, and Sergei Lagerov challenged us, saying that this is a Cuban missile crisis for us, and he's demanding that we negotiate with them in those terms. This is the best move you could make, and they do not, and it's not, can't be used for propaganda, because the Russian people know they're losing. The Russians do not 
want us over there, and you're going to see this thing calm down. We have the most talented people on the planet in our U.S. military. As If Mr. Biden has a sleepy appearance or persona, good, I'm glad, because he's not edgy, he's not reactionary. But we, the last thing I'm going to say is we're all naive. We have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Rita's Ringers. And those are just some of the awesome calls that we got this week. We also have another installment of Reader's Ringers because I love all the phone calls from all of you guys. It always makes us so happy. And again, I think part of the beauty is we hear from all sides on this show. I never mind hearing from a different opinion other than my own. And I never mind sharing my own. That's part of the fun of the show. And in the next hour, by the way, if you think that the Republican Party's in panic mode, they're now going to they're going to like hit the ceiling on this one. It looks like President Trump, according to reports, may announce as early as maybe about a week or so that he's running for president again. Gosh, Joe Biden's going to find a pulse. About 20 veterans die of suicide each day. Veterans Services USA is committed to supporting a cure for post-traumatic stress. Help save the life of a veteran. Join VSUSA today for free and receive discounts from major retailers, major pharmacies, and much more. Make a difference for millions of veterans. I will definitely become a member, and you should too. VSUSA is a 501c3. Visit VSUSA.org. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Democrats in disarray, everybody. And we're going to talk about shortly that President Trump, according to sources, may announce as early, they're saying, as November 14th, potentially. Could be sometime later in November, but that it may only be a week or two away till he plans to announce that he is running for president again. And boy, that's the last thing that Joe Biden, who acts like he's been running against him for the last two years, that he wants to hear because Trump is still pulling out big crowds everywhere. And you're seeing so many candidates now on the crunch for the midterms not wanting Biden anywhere in sight because he can't get a sentence out. And he's just pulling down the party. And if indeed everything looks like it sounds like it's going to be a red wave on Tuesday, you can bet the Democrats are going to be like, uh, Mr. President, uh, we don't think you can handle going up against, you know, President Trump. We think we need, uh, let's see, maybe Buttigieg, maybe somebody like that. I don't, maybe, maybe they'll try to find Michelle Obama or Hillary or somebody. I don't think it's going to be Kamala, even though she'll want it. And you can bet that President Trump is going to, like, go after any of them. It doesn't matter who, you know, but it looks like he is determined to run. And I want to take your calls on that. If you think that he is a shoo-in to be the GOP nominee, which I think he probably will get the nomination if he decides to run. And do you think it might be a Trump-Biden matchup? Or do you see somebody else in the horizon? And how do you think that changes the dynamics if he does indeed decide to run? I think he would want to be one of the first people out there announcing that he's going to run. That's why I don't see him wanting to wait. I think he would want to kind of get in early, 
uh, that kind of kind of cleared the field, kind of send a message because, of course, anybody who's going to run up against him, those are going to face his wrath, and they have to decide: do they want to throw their hat in after he's already thrown his name in? So it, it's sort of it's a very good sort of strategy to be one of the first ones in, either first ones or last ones in. You don't sort of want to be in the middle of the pack. So it's an interesting strategy, and I think it's his nomination to lose if he does want to get in it. So we're going to take your calls on that in a minute, too, to get your thoughts. Meantime, Democrats are scurrying. And one of the places that they are very, very worried, of course, is in New York State, because now in the last few days, you can see so many people coming and trying to help Kathy Hochul because they never imagined in blue of blue New York State that Kathy Hochul could be potentially losing to Lee Zeldin, or at least tied, depending on some races. Some, she's up. Some, he's up. Some, it's like neck and neck. Either way, it is really too close to call, and they never thought that would be in this position. In the meantime, it's just because crime is so bad. I mean, there was the recent case that's on the headlines now of a terrible, terrible rape that happened in a very, you know, popular kind of nice part of town, the West Village. Uh, nice area, you know, and here is this person. He had 26 prior arrests. I mean, how many more prior arrests do you need, including sexual assault of other women? So we're seeing it every single day. And things are so bad that even Don Lemon on CNN had to ask her about crime when he interviewed Governor Hochul. Take a listen to this. What are Democrats not getting about crime? Why are Republicans winning on this whole crime issue? That has been the thing that has fueled Lee Zeldin's campaign because they're being dishonest about it they're not having a conversation about real solutions what we have done is taken eight thousand illegal guns off the streets we made sure that no 18 year old can get their hands on an AR-15 we've made sure that our red flag laws are tough and there's background checks whereas Lee Zeldin has opposed every part of that even voting against the first significant gun safety legislation in three decades in Washington he didn't even show up to help support our police officers with funding for them in Washington. So yeah. so they can say all they want, but there's the facts are on the other side. Yeah, so Lee Zeldin cut money. That's not true. Lee Zeldin has always been an enormous supporter of police. And she so far has been giving Alvin Bragg slack. And then she actually said this, because Lee Zeldin, when he was on the campaign trail and in the debate, said from day one, he would get rid of soft on crime DA Alvin Bragg, who clearly has allowed for this revolving door of criminals. He's allowed for them to get back out on the street. And so here's Don Hoke, Don Lemon asking Hochul today on CNN about the plan by Zeldin to basically on day one, he says he would try by executive order to get rid of no cash bail. He would also try to on day one. Get rid of Alvin Bragg. And she says, oh, that's just all wishful thinking. She hasn't even tried. But here it is. To say that you're just going to change one part of the system, it shows a naivete that it's not going to be a real solution. So we did make targeted changes to the bail laws, covering gun cases and repeat offenders. That has all just been in effect for a few months now because of what I was able to accomplish in the budget. I'm always willing to look at it again, but the data is not showing that that is the cause of this. Right. No cash bail. That whole issue. 
That's not a problem. But bail reform is not a problem whatsoever. That, to me, is the most ridiculous thing. Anybody in law enforcement, and we had a big uh, back the blue day yesterday, every single one of them that's on the front lines says bail reform has been a disaster and is giving an enormous incentive to criminals. It's a piece of the puzzle. It's not the only part, but it certainly is a major piece. And she won't even admit that it's even one nugget to it because she doesn't want to deal with it. She just wants to ignore it. And what scares me is if this is what somebody says now when they're trying to curry favor with all voters, knowing voters are concerned about crime, if they're turning a blind eye and ignoring it now, imagine what happens if they continue in office. Once they have the mandate to continue as office, they're just going to continue this policy even more. Like there's nothing like, you know, usually they overpromise now and say, oh, we're going to get rid of crime. I'm going to definitely look at cash bail. I'm going to definitely look at Alvin Bragg. I mean, there's all these things that often politicians make false promises to you. She's not even promising that. She's basically saying, I'm not going to do anything and vote for me. You know, so you can imagine what she'll do afterwards. She's definitely not going to do anything. She's already telegraphing it now. And then there was, of course, this moment in the debate with Lee Zeldin that everybody says, really made her lose that debate because she just seems so disconnected from what we're all seeing every day. This governor, who still to this moment, we're not, what are we, halfway through the debate? She still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change they made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important. You- that to me was so, I don't know why you care about it. I don't know why it's important to you. To me, that is the most outrageous comment. And that, to me, you saw the headlines right away. I was watching the debate like with all of you, and I was like, oh, boy, she just doesn't care. She is not making any attempt to try to discuss crime. And then she gave this nebulous answer. There should be consequences. What's consequences? Uh, oh, I'm sorry you uh, have uh, 26 charges. Come on back. Good luck. That's a consequence. It's a pat on the back. I mean, to me, it it is so frightening, the lack of interest to try to find a solution. And don't just hear it from me. Take a listen, because this was yesterday. We did this amazing news conference tied with 77 WABC. We did a huge, huge conference on Back the Blue. And we had law enforcement from local, federal, all the different layers. And we had one of the most amazing people. Her name is Eve, and she lost her son, Brandon, who was shot at a barbecue. Uh, just a random victim of crime by a bullet, a stray bullet that fired into a barbecue. She was outraged, outraged, needless to say, at the loss of her son. And she absolutely said Kathy Hochul and her policies are to blame and need to change. Take a listen. A good side. That was at a barbecue and got shot, got hit senselessly, and he died. And yes, he did say, call my mom, tell her I love her. The bail reform is not working. It's not working. Because as we can see, we have criminals coming out of jail, out of prison. I read somewhere in Facebook, uh, Instagram, that a judge is allowing two hardcore murderers, gang members, out because of good behavior. Of course, they are not signing the bail reform. They're not. Maybe it's because...
that this man, near children, that is getting killed. But we need the governor to look into it. She's running, but she's avoiding that, and that is a big thing that should be on her agenda. Saving the lives of New York City, not just kids, but everyone. Who better to speak with that message than a mother who lost her son to a random shooting? And she just felt so disappointed that politicians are not paying attention. And one of the things she also said is she firmly believes if, you know, these people who sit there and go, oh, defund the police, defund the police. She believes if there were police officers at that barbecue, that nobody would have even thought about opening fire anywhere near that location. And she says we shouldn't be saying defund the police. We should be saying add more police because she believed it would have sent a message to anybody wishing to do harm that that's not a safe place to be shooting near and that we really need to back the blue. Case in point, by the way, I did an amazing podcast with this woman who you have to hear from. She is a spokesperson with the National Police Association, uh, and this is Betsy Brantner-Smith. Betsy is a former police officer, long time outside of Chicago, a really rough area, um, and now she is speaking out for police officers everywhere. And I talked with her in this brand new edition of Protecting America. We just put it up, actually. You got to check it out, download it wherever you get your podcast. It's Protecting America. It's the latest episode with Sergeant Betsy Brantner Smith. And I asked her about the result of this revolving door, not just obviously on crime and on citizens, but also how does it impact the way police do their job. Take a listen to what she feels has been just an important uh, mess up with the system, to put it mildly, that the fact that these people just keep coming out, that they arrest them and then they see them out within hours or days. Take a listen. How tough is it on the flip side that you're seeing these criminals, repeat offenders, come in and out. It's like a revolving door. You know, the cop seems to be getting vilified, and yet the criminal in many ways seems to be getting coddled. I can't tell you how frustrating it is for law enforcement officers in this country to, and I got to tell you, even back in the 90s and the 2000s when I was on the job, you know, if we would arrest people and they would have a criminal record, a rap sheet, if you will, you know, longer than I am tall. And that's not untypical. You know, you hear these when you talk about criminal justice reform, you always hear these stories. Oh, there's some guy and he's in prison for 20 years because he had a bag of weed. That's just not true. You know, people commit offense after offense after offense before they ever go to prison. Now what we're happening with bail reform and the de-incarceration of the criminal class is you are seeing people, and, and we all see it in the news almost every night, these criminals that have these lengthy criminal histories that have been in the system for years, if not decades, committing felonies. And yet they're still out and about. And that is so that weighs on the soul, quite frankly, of the American law enforcement officer, because we endanger ourselves. We spend a lot of time putting together good cases and things like that to take to our district attorneys. And yet very often these criminals are right back on the street before we finish our shift. And that is incredibly frustrating because if you, I mean, think about it. If you don't feel like you're being effective in your job, why would you continue to do it? 
And that's why we're losing people in this profession, the profession that we we need. You know, we talk about the American military. And, of course, I come from a military family. And, you know, the American military is why we're free. The American law enforcement officer is how we stay free. Wow, bravo. And it was a really powerful conversation. You got to check it out wherever you download your podcasts. Again, Protecting America with Rita Cosby, and you'll see this great interview. Uh, she was just fantastic, talking about what law enforcement face every single day, the dangers they face. And she said, absolutely, the soft on crime policies by Democrats have definitely destroyed the fabric of safety in America and also the morale of so many police across this country. you got to check it out, everybody. When we come back, I'll take your calls. What do you think? of the fact that Democrats are trying to say what crime and they can't even figure out, oh, leaves Elton doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm the professional. That's sort of the, the message. Oh, these people don't know what they're talking about. You hear that same message almost across the country. It's like they get on a conference call and say, hey, here are the three key words today. Just uh, election denier, Trump, and they don't know what they're talking about is the, the third phrase. You know, it's like it is like uh desperation, and here's what you need to say. We're going to take your calls when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. About 20 veterans die of suicide each day. Veterans Services USA is committed to supporting a cure for post-traumatic stress. Help save the life of a veteran. Join VSUSA today for free and receive discounts from major retailers, major pharmacies, and much more. Make a difference for millions of veterans. I will definitely become a member, and you should too. VSUSA is a 501c3. Visit VSUSA.org. It's the Rita Cosby Show. school years and college years, the ones that I remember, 1-800-848-9222. No, I was a good girl, 1-800-848-9222. What are your thoughts, everybody? We are talking about as we are heading into the final stretch, everybody doing the closing arguments, and things are getting really, really heated, and you know it's bad. When President Biden actually is welcome, first off, the guy with terrible poll numbers, he is going to be campaigning. It just came out with Kathy Hochul on Sunday because she is in such a tight race with Lee Zeldin for governor of New York. And it's because crime is so bad. She's been in denial. She had a really bad debate, I think. 
Um, I think she seemed disconnected. And Lee Zeldin has had the momentum on his side. Can he pull it out? They are neck and neck. And things are bad when you know you got to bring out this guy. Biden is going to be in the area, and this is the best he's got. It's estimated that there are more than 300 election deniers on the ballot all across America this year. We can't ignore the impact this is having on our country. It's damaging, it's corrosive, and it's destructive. From the man who ran as the unifier and chief. 1-800-848-9222. You know, my response would be, uh, you're an election denier. Uh, Well, if that's the best you can come up with, what about climate denier uh, is the other thing he's going to add on there. I'm sure there's a million others. And on the flip side, you are a crime denier. You're an inflation denier. You're an open border denier. The list could go on and on. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222, Let's go to Dom, line five. Go ahead, Dom, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. First of all, my heart goes out to the woman who lost her son to a random bullet. Um, thank you for highlighting that fact. Uh, more thank you. And, and you know what? She's, she's an amazing woman. We did a panel, too, and I'll try to put some more of it up online, Dom, because she was yeah. so eloquent. And talk about the courage and guts of this woman, and now is trying to get out there to get the message to help other parents out there and also to change lawmakers to, to really have an impact. I mean, nothing we can say pales to, you know, it, it pales to what she says. Her message is so important. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I'll listen to that when you put it out there. Uh, but my wife, who's not a white and not a liberal, says she's a happy roach and loves drinking the liberal raid whenever she's thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So she's listening to The View, right? Oh, you, you know, you got her You got her hooked on your show, and I keep listening. She says, hey, Zita, let me come listen to her, too. You know, like, uh, we're a couple that like loves to listen to you all the time. Well, I love you both. Thank you, Dom. About 20 veterans die of suicide each day. Veteran Services USA is committed to supporting a cure for post-traumatic stress. Help save the life of a veteran. Join VSUSA today for free and receive discounts from major retailers, major pharmacies, and much more. Make a difference for millions of veterans. I will definitely become a member, and you should too. VSUSA is a 501c3. Visit VSUSA.org. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night where we honor our great military and also their families, Congresswoman Lori Trahan of Massachusetts pinned a purple heart on a U.S. veteran this week during a ceremony held at the Chelmsford, Massachusetts Center for the Arts. Now, while Frederick Thumath was deployed in Vietnam, the unthinkable happened. He was ambushed. He served in the Vietnam War. He received the purple heart for his actions on April 22nd, 1969, but he never physically received the heart. And that was when, in 69, when a mine blew up the truck that he was in. While conducting a minesweep operation, the U.S. Army Veterans Convoy was struck by a mine, throwing him out of the truck. Enemy troops fired at him and his team. 
but he amazingly survived and he continued to serve our country until he was honorably discharged in 1974. He spent, by the way, 48 days in the hospital recovering from those injuries that he sustained that day. But he would wait 53 years to be recognized for his service and his incredible experience of survival that day. Before the medal pinning, the congresswoman said, we can never, ever thank you enough. And he recalled the incident, thanked his family and the veterans in attendance, as there were many of them. And he said, I continue to suffer from the long-term effects of that blast. It's something I've had to adapt to in everyday life. It's been very challenging, but I am fortunate to come home alive. And how beautiful that he was able to receive the Purple Heart for courage and valor and for amazingly surviving those injuries. And we're so thankful to him and, of course, all our veterans out there. And you who went through the Vietnam War... Welcome home. We love you and we appreciate you and we love honoring all of you every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, of course, the big midterm elections, you guys, just a few days away. It is stunning. Uh, A new report says that President Trump is planning to announce his 2024 White House run because, by the way, a lot of times right after the midterms happen, the votes and again, Who knows if all the results are going to come in? Pennsylvania, some of these states may kind of straggle on. Georgia may go to a runoff. I mean, who knows? But typically, there's usually somebody, sometimes within a few hours of the midterms, sometimes within a few days, sometimes within a few weeks. That's really when the presidential race starts. The whole campaign season starts for the presidency. And, of course, if the Democrats get trounced, it further will embolden President, you know, Trump. It'll further embolden maybe some other GOPers who want to throw their name in the hat. But I firmly believe that if President Trump throws his name in, that he will get the nomination on the Republican side. Look, he's still galvanizing enormous crowds. And there are reports that he could announce as early as November 14th. Now, remember, Election Day is November 8th. So we're talking less than a week after the midterm elections. He could potentially on that Monday, November 14th, announce that he is going to be launching another bid for the presidency. People close to him are saying that he is planning to do it sometime in November and that it could be very, very soon. And in fact, he just did a rally not too long ago in Sioux City, Iowa, key place because of the Iowa caucus is also where a lot of obviously the sort of races fully begin uh, for the presidency. And he said at that rally that he will very, very, very probably do it again. That's pretty close. He's like inching at the door. There are three varies in there. I will very, very, very probably do it again. So in the middle of all this, the Democrats are panicking, and they desperately want to keep control. Of course, they'd love to keep control of the House and the Senate. They'd certainly want to keep the White House and hope to keep it beyond 2024, But I think, boy, if Trump comes in and if the Republican Party can get their act together, they're divided and they're all over the place. uh, Boy, will it be a race for the record books? Can you imagine where this is going to go? And so now the stakes are really rising, especially because everything they've been doing has been Trump, 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 Uh, election denial, Trump, 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 January 6th. You know, that's like it's like a broken record of what they're saying. And so in the middle of all this. Who could kind of pull out a Hail Mary for the Democrats with the few days remaining? Well, 
Now a big endorsement has come for this guy who couldn't say hello, good evening, everybody. And instead, when he opened his debate in Pennsylvania against Oz, who could forget this famous line? Hi. Good night, everybody. Let's just play that again, because it's like, I remember when he first played it. I'm like, when I watched it, I'm like, wait, 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 didn't it just start? It didn't finish, did it? Here it is again. Hi. Good night, everybody. Well, good evening, John Fetterman, all right? So it got worse in the debate. Remember, here he is, and the moderator really challenged him over fracking, because she's he's like, oh, I've always been for fracking. You know, and she was like, oh, actually, you haven't, John Fetterman. Here you are. You know, it's like it's like a bank robber kind of says, hey, I never robbed a bank. And they're like, oh, here's the videotape of you walking in. Right. So he's like, I've never I've always been for fracking. I never flipped and flopped like a pancake. Oh, no. Right. And she's like, actually, in 2018, I was really proud of this moderator. She did a great job. She challenged him and said, actually, that's not the truth. And listen to him kind of. Answering this, imagine this is a guy running for Senate in Pennsylvania. I've I've always supported fracking, and I always believe that independence with our energy is is critical, and we can't be held, you know, you know, ransom to somebody like Russia. You know, I've always believed that energy independence is critical, and I've always believed that, and I do support fracking. I've never taken any money from their 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 industry, but I support how critical it is that we produce our own energy and create energy independence. I must correct the record. Uh, uh, Just a second, Mr. Oz. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking, but there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? uh, I I, I do support fracking and... I don't, I don't, I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. I'm giving the same pause that he did on the answer. I'll come back in three minutes because that was the most amazing thing I've ever heard. It was like this long, like, uh, 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 oh, I got caught. How do I answer this? This is a guy who's running for U.S. Senate. And his policies, as we've been talking about all the problems in New York and other cities, he's the one who said that even convicted murderers, for, you know, that have been second degree convictions, he said they should get out and he stood by it and he released a whole bunch. And he said he would do more if he had a choice. What is his priority? Not crime. It's letting out those who've already been convicted as serious as murder. I mean, this is unbelievable. This guy is left of the left of the left and he still won't release his medical records. He's been asked numerous times in the last few days, are you going to give out your medical records? Are you going to do this? He won't answer. He's like, no, 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 I won't. I just gave a little bit out. It's fine. And this is what he said in the debate. Remember, he's like, uh-uh, I'm not giving them out. I'm perfectly fine. Take a listen. Mr. Fetterman, will you pledge tonight to release those records in the interest of transparency? You have 60 seconds. No. Uh, to me, for transparency is about showing up. I'm here today to have a debate. I have... You know, spe- speeches in front of 3,000 people in Montgomery County, you know, all across Pennsylvania, big, big crowds. You know, I believe if my doctor believes that I'm fit to serve and, and that's what I believe is appropriate 
And now with two weeks before the election, you know, I have run a campaign and I've been very transparent about being very open about the fact we're in use captioning. And I believe that, again, my doctors, the real doctors that I believe in, they all believe that I'm ready to be served. Follow up. I didn't hear you say you would release your full medical records. Why not? You have 30 seconds. No. Uh, yeah, again, my Dr. L believes that I'm fit to be serving, and that's what I believe is where I'm standing. And this is the guy who is running for Senate. He is neck and neck with Oz, Mehmet Oz, Dr. Oz. And that's why everybody's putting money in, because a lot of people believe the fate of the Senate rests in Pennsylvania. Right now, it's a Republican seat with Pat Toomey, who is leaving. And so it's they want to keep it red. That's why Oz is there. He's trying to keep it red. And yet Fetterman still, even after the debate, and I'm actually stunned about this. Usually, you know, you listen to debates and you're like, oh, God, that was a bad moment. And I thought Kathy Hochul had some bad moments in her debate and it showed in the polls. But now in this one, there have been some where Oz is up, but there's some where Fetterman's actually up. And even the bump that Oz got after the debate was very minimal, which is really surprising, which just shows that Democrats will vote for anybody as long as they have a D before their name. This guy is so left of the left of the left. And in Pennsylvania, where crime is skyrocketing. So it came out today, by the way, just about two or three hours ago, that everywhere Fetterman goes now. Remember during the debate, he had that closed captioning and he was looking at the words on the screen in big letters. And that's what he was waiting. And then afterwards, he claimed that part of the reason he was bumbly was the closed captioning wasn't keeping up with him. And News Nation, that broadcast, said, no, 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 it actually was doing it was perfect. There were no problems that night. The problem is you, Fetterman. It's not us. Don't try to blame it on us. Well, now it just came out a little bit ago that everywhere Fetterman goes, there is a stenographer. And there's also somebody with a computer board because he's not able to articulate that they they have to still do basically what we saw in the debate is what he's basically doing in conversation with anybody. That's stunning. That means that he cannot even like talk to somebody like say he wants to talk about a bill. He's having problems even doing like extended sort of one on one something of substance. He has to have somebody type in the question the person's asking. He has to read it. Then he has to respond, and then they have to put it back in and has to go through a computer. How are you going to function? You're a member of Congress. I mean, this is outrageous. And clearly, even on the answers about the fracking, it's like, uh, 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 I feel bad for the guy. But he needs to get help. He doesn't need to be running for Senate. And yet, he got a very big endorsement just a little bit ago. And I want to get your reaction to this, because Oprah Winfrey... Good old Oprah, who, remember, created Oz's career. He re- She really helped skyrocket Oz. She launched his career. She supported him. There are many places where she said, I feel like you're like a son to me almost, like I, like I raised you, basically. Takes a lot of credit for raising Oz, and he always takes gives her a lot of kudos. They, and he did say, you know, I want her to stay out of it, out of the race. You know, I don't want friends to get pulled in. He was worried that she could get maybe dragged down. Or, you know, or under attack or, you know, didn't know where her politics lied or whatever. She has just come out and voiced her support for John Fetterman, that guy who I don't even know if she even knows him or has even met him. But for some reason, she is picking Fetterman over Oz. Take a listen to how she announced it. Take a listen. I said it was up to the citizens of Pennsylvania, and of course it still is. 
But I will tell you all this, if I lived in Pennsylvania, I would have already cast my vote for John Fetterman for many reasons. Wow. So here's Oprah. Most of the time, celebrity endorsements, I don't think really mean that much. You know, I don't think they really help a lot. Um, but I actually think Oprah does carry some juice. And I think it's an interesting development that's not good for us in the sense that she knows him well. She, in, you know, supported him. I'm not surprised because I do believe she's a Democrat by all intents and purposes. But on the other hand, I'm surprised that she didn't just sort of stay out of it, even if her views were maybe more in line with Fetterman's policies. I would have thought that she would have stayed out of it as opposed to here it is in the clench time and she is endorsing John Fetterman. And God knows why. This is after the debate performance. This isn't like, oh, I thought he was sharp and articulate. This is after what we've all heard and seen. It's after this uh, hello, good night comment. Let's play that again, because this is who she's endorsing. Hi. Good night, everybody. Right. So <laughs> here's Oprah Winfrey endorsing this guy over Oz. I mean, I, I'm not sure what's going on with Oprah. What the heck is going on? Why she didn't stay back? And I actually think she knows Oz well. She's always appraised him. She's always plotted him, talked about how much she loved him, respected him. I remember seeing one episode where she put up all the names up there of all the people of the lives he saved. And she's like, oh, thank you. The These are just a couple of the hundreds of people you've saved. That's not good enough. You're going to pick John Fetterman? I want to know who's paying who or what's going on. I mean, that is a wild one, especially at such a pivotal time where the race is so close. And John Fetterman, well, he could at least respond on The View with at least sort of a coherent statement about Oprah. Take a listen. She's an icon. I mean, it's it's, it's unbelievable. It's an honor. And I'm so grateful. And, you know, she understands uh, what's at stake here in this race. And, and as like I said, it was just incredibly, incredibly honored. To, to have her support in this race. Hi. Good night, everybody. Wow. So what do you make of the fact that Oprah has thrown her name in for Fetterman in this final stretch of what is a really heated, pivotal race? Um, do you think it's appropriate, completely inappropriate? I think even if for some reason she didn't like, um, you know, the politics of, you know, of Oz, maybe she's it's the abortion issue, whatever it is. Um, I'm actually surprised she interjected herself because she clearly has praised him over and over again. What, her words of praise all these years don't mean anything? That you're going to pick a hello, good night, everybody person over that? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm. Line one. Norm, your thoughts about uh, Fetterman first off in the Oprah deal, yeah. Norm? Uh, well, that's more a reflection on Oprah than on uh, Fetterman or Oz. Um, it's, it's, it's just business. It's nothing personal. But isn't that sad? You know, because here is somebody who, you know, she really, like, really endorsed mm-hmm. him, you know, Norm. I mean, right. she, like, sang his, I, there was that episode where she's like, these are just some of the lives you've saved. You're an amazing man. I can't thank you enough. Mm-hmm. You've inspired the world. But that's not good enough. And instead she picks uh, this hello, good night, everybody. Here he is again. Hi. Good night, yeah. everybody. I mean, you got to be kidding me, Norm. You know? Yeah, but she's she's thrown in her hat with the Democrats. She has to go. Listen, I'm sure she's friends with Hillary and the Clintons. She has to go with what she has to go with. Uh, she, look, I just don't think Oprah. Uh, I'm not going to 
spend this phone call talking about Oprah, but there, I could cite you other examples of Oprah's lack of morality or, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's not one of my favorite people, okay? Okay. Yeah, and you know, I'll, and by the way, in Ferris, I've met Oprah. I like Oprah a lot. I actually have, I've, I've met her at a couple of journalism events. She's always been, you know, super nice to me. Um, smart woman and very engaging. But, and look, she played a big role. They believe actually in the Obama election. They believe her endorsement because that came at such a pivotal time. People didn't really know him that well. Remember, he was sort of a new guy on the block. Um, and her endorsement, they believe, helped at least several hundreds of thousands of votes, they believe. They've like sort of estimated between, you know, what they saw when, when she came in. Close to a million was, I remember reading in one story where that was the bump, that the Oprah bump. I don't think it's going to have the impact here, but I think it is still surprising. And, um, and Norm, real quick, I know you want to talk about Zeldin, too, real quick. I'm just telling you, I was at the Zeldin um, press conference today. Uh, you, you were playing things in the sound bites here in New York about uh, basically, uh, you know, you, you hear the protesters in the background. Uh, the protesters were eight people. Uh, they were like climate, uh, I don't know, LGBTQ warriors. I don't know. They were holding up something, a banner about, uh, you know, don't use rape as, uh, I, I, you know, for political purposes. Or so. I don't, I, don't I, I didn't read it. Okay. But they were screaming. We were told to be quiet. Uh, we were told they didn't want us fighting with them. Us being, there was probably 20, 25 Zeldin supporters. So if the best they could get out is eight people uh, that ain't much resistance. Yeah, that's okay. true. And in fact, Norm, we have a little audio from it. Let's just play it real quick. We have a little audio, and it doesn't even sound like eight people. It sounds like it's like one or two people. But I agree with you. That's a pretty uh, lame uh, counter-protest. This is uh, a couple people showing up, one or two, as Norm's describing, uh, at the uh, Zeldin, pro, uh, Zen- Zeldin event. And this is where, sadly, where the scene of that rape happened recently. But here it is. How dare you come into our neighborhood to exploit this tragedy for your campaign? Thank you all for said the one person, Norm. Thank you very much. You're right. They're not very good at uh, counter protests. And Norm, good luck. We'll talk with you, of course. I'm sure, hopefully, on Monday and Election Day right around the corner. We'll take your calls, everybody, when we come back. About 20 veterans die of suicide each day. Veterans Services USA is committed to supporting a cure for post-traumatic stress. Help save the life of a veteran. Join VSUSA today for free and receive discounts from major retailers, major pharmacies, and much more. Make a difference for millions of veterans. I will definitely become a member, and you should too. VSUSA is a 501c3. Visit VSUSA.org. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And here's another edition of Rita's Ringer, some of our favorite calls of the week. 
I miss your shows. I'm hurt. When I don't hear from you, I'm hurting too, Phil. Rita, always a pleasure, and every time I talk to you, I just feel good. If you were a betting girl, which you may be. Sid, I bet every day I put you on the show. This is Rita's Ringers. Rita, in a respectful manner, when the demonstrator was in front of Judge Kavanaugh's house, you unrelentedly kept going and saying, where are the Democrats condemning this action? And I agree with you. It should be condemned. That's why I teach math. And one of the big topics in algebra was this topic of equations, where you have to balance the left side with the right side. Otherwise, it's not an equation anymore. It's not equal. And I was waiting for you, and you did, but you did it in a sly manner, where you you didn't say every Republican. Where are the Republicans? Then you brought up Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz. But what you should have said, and this is my point of view, what you should have said is, where are the Republicans condemning this? Because I'm 99% sure, unlike Norm, how you doing, Rita? Unlike Norm, who feels that they don't know it was a MAGA Republican, but I'm for... 99% sure that it was from the Republican side who is radicalized by the Trump entourage and the deniers. Rita, hi. Listen, they have a plan. General Austin, excuse me, he's sec deaf now. That guy is brilliant. He's West Point. These people are smart, and this is the move he had to make. And I'm going to get up. You just wait for the next week or so. The Russians are going to scream bloody murder. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? And that's as far it's going to go. And I, by the way, President Biden is the commander-in-chief, and I respect him. He's our president. Rita's Ringers. And everybody, keep those calls coming because we love playing them and love hearing from all of you. Everybody, have a terrific weekend. I'll be back Monday, and of course, I'll be with you on election night. I think one of the most important elections of our lifetime. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.